Hey there, welcome to the Golden Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Hockham, photographer and founder of the Golden Brand. What is it that drives you forward even when the next step feels like jumping off of a cliff? On the Golden Brand Podcast, we focus on seeing the unseen, bringing moments to life. Join me for conversations with creatives, embracing curiosity, possibility, and pivots. On this podcast, we focus on the moment you realize your idea has legs, and we uncover what happens next. Welcome to the Golden Brand Pod. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back to the Golden Brand Pod, everyone. This week, I have something very special for you. We're taking a break from solo episodes to have our very first guest interview with our very own Golden Brand Photography wardrobe stylist, Catherine Horgan. Catherine and I first met when she joined the Self Portrait Studio. And if you've ever booked a remote brand photo shoot with me, then you already know what a talented and vivacious person Catherine is because she was right there cheering you on to be your most confident self for your photo shoot. And if this is your first time meeting her, let me just say, be prepared to fall in love. But before we begin the interview, I want to say thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to the pod, for rating the pod, and for leaving your heartfelt reviews and your questions, which I will be addressing in an episode coming up very, very soon. We've been hanging out for quite a few episodes now, right? Exploring the principles of the self-portrait studio and photography. We've touched on the psychology behind why you might not like your photos. And in our most recent episode, we also explored the components necessary to design a successful or participate in digital challenge. Now, I know it might be tricky to know where and when to jump in, kind of like a game of double dutch. You've been watching the ropes, trying to time your entrance into the game to be just so. Well, consider this your opening to jump in and mark your calendar for September 7th, September 14th, and the 21st. You are invited to join me live as I teach the self-portrait course modules inside the self-portrait studio. This is your chance to have accountability with your self-portrait photography goals, to dive deeper into each module and to learn extra tips and techniques not included in the course videos. In short, these live sessions with me are packed with ahas and magical moments, and you will have access to these live sessions whether you are in the Self-Portrait Studio membership or whether you purchase the standalone course. So if you are one of the many people who've purchased the standalone course recently, thanks for that, you're going to get to be in community, meet the members of the Self-Portrait Studio and come hang out with me live to go through those modules together. So watch your inboxes for that invitation. And like I said, if you're looking for a place to jump in and get involved with the Golden Brand, this is your opportunity. Oh, and let me just say, those questions that just popped into your head about not being a photographer or not having a nice camera to shoot photos with, forget them. <laughs> I'm going to show you how to do it all using the camera in your pocket. Absolutely no photography experience necessary. 
All right. So I'll leave the link to join in the show notes and on with the episode. All right. Okay, Catherine, are you ready to do this? I'm so ready. Oh, I'm so glad that you're here today. So let's start this off with a question. We're going to roll it. We're going to roll it back a little bit right from the very beginning. So I want to know when you were young, what did you picture your life would be like? (laughs) Who did you think you would be? I thought I was going to be a lawyer and specifically contract. Like I wanted to be a contract lawyer. And I think it was because I was so mesmerized at a very young age. I remember in second grade with one of my mom's good friends and we became friends with her kids and her mom went back to school in her early forties and she graduated number one in her class. Um, and she went on to be a contract lawyer and it was, I was very impressed and intrigued by that. So there was a lot of shaping that Mrs. Musali probably doesn't even realize she had, but I, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. Yeah, I really, really did. I never would have thought that I'd be where I am today. It's incredible. She was probably a really early expander for you. And I bet there's elements that you saw in her that made you want to be a lawyer, right? It was more about how she embodied that probably than the work itself. Absolutely. So I there's pieces of her that I bet she pops into your mind with what you do now still. Well, I remember her popping back into my, uh, my mind specifically when I made the decision, I was not going to go to law school and I made the decision not to. And that was also freeing because I think I put that pressure on myself because I loved that path. And I thought it was awesome what she did, but just because she did it so amazingly didn't mean that I needed to, you know, take it to that next level. I'm very happy where I am. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to law school. (laughs) I think that's a perfect segue into a bio. So can you give us a brief bio? Yes. Okay. So 25 years ago, I'd like to take it back there because I was in the corporate world in uh, branding uh, and in sales specifically. And every weekend I had a friend or a family member that would say, can you take me to the mall and get a pair of pants? Or can you, I need a dress for an event or what skincare do I need? What's the best mascara? I am obsessed with mascara PS by the way. Um, That is where all of this started to take shape. So it was a weekend gig or an on the side gig as I was working in the corporate world. And I loved my job in the corporate world, but it eventually took over in, in my heart. That was more 15 years ago. So 15 years ago, April is when I, you know, dove headfirst into styling, having had just a little bit under my wing, right? For 10 years of on the side and never looked back. It was the most fulfilling and rewarding thing to do uh, monetarily that like aside, like that was a whole other thing, which I just talked about this with a client the other day. As women, we tend to associate our self-worth with 
the money we make, if we're in the corporate world. And so many women who are in that corporate world can relate to that. And it took me really not as long as I thought to be able to unwind that and say, you know what, it's okay for me to want to do this full time and start out at zero. That became freedom. And again, the most rewarding and fulfilling opportunity really that I ever gave myself. Okay. I have, I have so many questions to stem off of this, but I just want to touch on the styling of women because that is the physical job of what you do. That is the physical transformation that they experience after working with you. But it's really so much deeper than that. And I want to know in your own words, what is it really about? Mm. What that is the best question ever because most people would say, oh, she's a wardrobe stylist. She's just dressing somebody. It's like as if it were a material thing. And I actually think it's a very internal thing where if somebody asks me, what do you do? I don't say I'm a wardrobe stylist. I like to say, I get to show women how beautiful they are as they are. Because, and there's so many things that stem from that and where it comes from. But I will tell you, the work I do one-on-one -on -one with my clients in styling them, we have to do that inner work first because there are always struggles, there are always challenges that they're going through, which is why they've reached out to me, which is why we are working together. And I like to uncover those before we actually get to assessing the closet and seeing what they have and what their potential gaps in the wardrobe are to get to where they want to be. Here's the other thing too. And I don't know many stylists that do this, but there might be. I will ask them to associate feelings with when you get there. And there is in quotes because we don't know when and where and what that looks like, right? But it's in quotes. What is it going to feel like when you get there? And the reason I ask that and the reason I like them to get very specific about it is because most of us are very emotion-based. I've got some literal clients, but most are a mix or lean more toward emotion-based. When we put it out there in the universe, how we are going to feel, we get there. And that journey could be short or long, but we get there. So if they say, I want to feel, or I know I'm going to feel light and powerful and comfortable in my skin, and they'll keep going. I love it, but I record it for them. And then I love to bring that back into the fold, however long it is. Like, look, you're there. So I love that piece of it. Is that typically how you start each session? Because, I, I mean, and I've been curious about this too. We, we work together. You style for my professional photo shoots. I think it's a little bit different for them. If they're nervous working with me as the photographer, if they have any performance anxiety, they work with you on their wardrobe and then they come back. And it's like they've had this den mother experience <laughs> and have this desire to live up to the way that you have seen them in that session. You have, you've given them a taste of the potential that they know is already there. And they walk into the session with me with a completely different mindset than they had before. And it's like this desire to 
well, one, make you proud is something I hear a lot. I want, I want to make Catherine proud. But also it's this feeling of you seeing them and believing in them so much and you seeing their potential, they don't want to let you down. And they know that they have it in them to do it. And so, yes, they look fabulous and they're wearing clothes that make them, you know, feel fabulous and they're owning the way that they look, but they carry themselves differently from that session. I love that. And what's funny when you said they want to make me proud, they, they actually, they make me proud, but that's not my goal. I always tell them, oh my gosh, I feel so maternal saying this, but pride is just bursting from inside out when I look at what Lisa, what you've been able to create and what comes across the lens because it comes through. And that's, what's amazing to me. When I walk through their closet and my eye will go to, you know, certain pieces that I know support their vision based on the mood boards that you have discussed. So I want to be in alignment of that, but I pull items and I mix them together in a way that they'll always say, I would have never thought about that. Or I, I never saw that. How, how did you do that? I love that, that I can add that fresh, fun feel to what they already own. That's what I always say. They're your clothes. They're your clothes. We're wearing them in, in a multitude of ways. So I get to see their faces light up. And then I know when you create the magic that you have, it comes across in that capture and it, it may, it, it makes me so proud. I, and I always, I feel so maternal, like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I love it. Yeah. Same. I mean, well, that's the power of somebody truly seeing you and then more importantly, helping you see yourself. And, um, you know, you don't always get that from an experience with a photographer or with a stylist. And so this is something I want to talk about a little bit more with your work. I know you work with a variety of different women, different ages, different professional backgrounds, and um, even, you know, geographically in different places in the country. So I want to know what some commonalities you see among these women are. Is there anything you see again and again that comes up in terms of blocks? And I also want to know, is there something that constantly surprises you? Oh, gosh. Okay, that's good. That's like, I don't know, double, triple wing. Okay, let me see if I can remember all of it. Okay, let me start with the common denominator is, and I work with women. So we women want to feel good in our bodies and we want to feel a connection in how we express ourselves. So that's like the common bond that brings us together. And vulnerability is like the highway, right? To get to where we want to go. We have to be vulnerable. The common blocks I would say, are the untruths that have been spoken over us. A lot of that could stem, I, I would say mostly stems from childhood, but it could also be recent. I will hear over and over again, I can't wear this dress because so-and-so thinks it brings too much attention to myself. And then I will ask, how do you feel when you wear it? Oh, I feel amazing. I feel beautiful. I feel so confident. And it's like somebody has taken a pin and literally, you know, poked a hole in their balloon. Like they're, they're, they feel so good. And then, and then it's been deflated. And it's so sad that, and I'll put myself in that position too, because I was there too. When we allow somebody to have power over us in that way and words 
words are extremely powerful. So I cannot over exaggerate. I don't know, or maybe I need to exaggerate it more that we have to be careful about how we speak to one another. That tends to come up over and over again. And I know there was another question there. Oh, but I will say, let's, let's go into the ones if we know that these are common blocks and we know where we live in this, you know, we can all relate world. When someone comes to me, 9.99% of the time, they are ready for me. And I think that's very important because the ones who are not ready for me, it's like they have to give themselves permission to fully express themselves and they aren't ready to relinquish that control. And the ones that are ready, it's somebody else that has control over them and they're ready to take back their power. But the ones who are not ready, and it's infrequent, I would say less than a handful in my 25 years. But when someone isn't ready for me, they cannot see themselves as I see them. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. I want to talk about that resistance actually, because it is, it's the same in the work that I do. Um, when somebody comes into the self-portrait studio, for example, and they're not ready to take the steps to the transformation, um, they, they won't start. They'll stop themselves from starting because they, they want the answer. They want the finish line. They don't understand that there's a process to get there. And so they start looking around at what everybody else is doing. Then they feel even more behind the ball as the other women are progressing through a challenge. And it just, it keeps impacting their inability to move forward. And it almost reinforces their resistance sometimes. And so you have to be ready. And I think part of it is, and I want to talk to you about how you help your clients move through that resistance when you find they're hiding behind the need for control. But I think it has, and we touched on it earlier, I think it has a lot to do with this um, unspoken feeling. And, and I think that this is true for women in general, but it's not safe to be seen. There's this cycle of uh, women we cheer them on in their ascent, they reach their ascent, they get exposed, they get broken down. And there's almost this, you know, feeling of envy, like we want others to succeed, but not too much. It's not safe when somebody gets too high. We've seen this again and again, the celebrities where they reach a height and they get broken down. So there's this like unspoken internal dialogue just coming from ourselves that it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be bright and shine. And so <laughs> I can imagine when you're asking a woman to wear clothing that reveals a body part or wear a bright color or something that inevitably is going to draw every eye in the room to her, there's going to be resistance that comes up. So what do you do when you experience that with somebody? I like to say that, and I think I've, I've said it for years and I share it with, with, with clients, but the closet is a very sacred space. In my world with what I do, it is the safe space. And my clients feel comfortable sharing with me and I feel comfortable sharing back. Things I might not say out loud in public, I will definitely share one-on-one -on -one with clients. I think it's important that they see my vulnerability just as I'm kind of asking them to be vulnerable. And 
that's how we meet and connect what is shared in a closet and in, in a multitude of ways, because you have to think about it too, in the very nitty gritty of what I do, they are trusting me and taking, you know, taking their clothes off in front of me. They are allowing me to take measurements. I mean, it's a very personal and intimate kind of situation where I will never take for granted because one, they are trusting me to be in that space with them. And two, they're trusting me with whatever they share with me. I can almost always relate because it's probably something that I've been through or something similar, but there are also circumstances beyond my skill level, which that kind of falls into the less than a handful in 25 years where out of my scope of work, because so much more is needed. And those can be, again, extreme and very few cases, but it does happen. There's a lot that happens in that space. Yeah. So you touched on part of the magic that you create with them and that intimacy in that moment to make them feel safe with you, to help them understand that you, you know how they feel, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes when we're going to somebody with a certain degree of professionalism, we think that they've, you know, they've conquered all this and they're showing up as this (laughs) done phase, you know, they're, they're kind of at the height of the mountain and we're trying to get there. So how do you weave in your own personal story and your own personal experience with different blocks for them? I, you know, I'll share like on different levels too, because I think, and I I really feel like anyone listening to this podcast is going to be like, wow, that resonates with me. There's so much generational yuck, I don't know of a better word, that is very common in that back in the day, our parents and our parents' parents were obsessed with representation, like how you, the family was represented and this ideal of what in their mind um, was ideal for an appearance. And ideal back then, again, so generational, ideal meant skinny and pretty. And again, I'm never afraid to share with my clients one-on-one, but I I will tell you, I grew up feeling like I needed to be fixed. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't skinny enough. And I think when I dated back 25 years, I think I felt a pull within me to buck the system, to find me at all costs. And I mean, and it's been a journey. It's been a journey for me too. I think it's really interesting when, when you feel like you're in a job or a position within a company and you, you're not sure that you're meant to be there yet because you're still learning. That was me and how I started. I'm like, I'm still going through my journey. It, does this warrant me helping others? But it absolutely does because what I'm able to do for me, I'm able to do for others. And I can remember two specific things that are kind of crazy in that they're, they seem so like, oh, well, that's not a big thing. But if you really kind of deep dive further, it kind of is. So I remember when I was 16 and I needed contacts, I wanted dark blue and I have blue eyes, by the way, I wanted dark blue contacts because there was color available and I wanted dark. Now, the reason I wanted dark is because that's a form of hiding it's a form of hiding. And that was, that was lost on me for a really long time up until about 14 years ago when I decided I was going to ditch the dark contacts and go to clear. 
And there was a lot kind of like the literal thing that happens is, wow, like there's so much light that is now coming through my eyeball, like, wow. But the other thing is I realized, oh my gosh, my eyes are beautiful. What in the world was I covering them up for? Then fast forward two more years, I decided to dye my hair red and I had wanted to be a redhead for 10 years, but I finally decided to do it. And I'm sure family members and even my husband was like, what? Like, this is what you want to do? I'm like, I do. I think it was because I wanted to be me um, and, and, and being that whatever hair color, eye color, but accepted for, for the me that whatever my appearance looked like. And that kind of supported my driving force of empowering women to live in their beauty fully and confidently being able to express themselves. And even though that sometimes can be like steps where it happens, it's pretty amazing the things that may seem small are actually huge. Like my eyes and hair, huge. And I know to some people that that may like, oh, that's material, that's, but it's not because it's what it did for me on the inside. It's what I was telling myself that I, I am beautiful as I am and I am going to do the things I've always wanted to do and I'm going to rock it out and I'm going to be me and I'm going to have you accept me just as I am and I might change my hair next week, but this, this is how I feel. This is how I want to express myself. That might have been more of a long-winded answer than what you wanted, but <laughs> it was absolutely perfect. It was, I didn't know that about the contacts. I do remember when colored contacts were the rage though. And um, it coincided, I think with a chemistry or no, it was a bio class I was taking where, you know, they quoted, I forget, but the percentage of the population that has brown eyes. And I remember my best friend turning to me going, oh, see, you're common. And I just remember my boring brown eyes being such a trigger for me for so long and so envious of friends who got colored contacts. So that's fascinating. And also the fact that they literally dimmed your vision and you, you lived that way for so long. So there's this like beautiful metaphorical aspect to you taking the contacts out and actually seeing more light and seeing yourself clearly and then not being afraid to hone your physical image in a way that made you feel really good and enlivened. And so that actually brings me to something else I want to talk about, which is body image. I try very hard to steer clear of the top 10 poses. Um, I think that we all do this naturally when we stop overthinking it, but you are you are dealing with somebody's physical form and you're dealing with the adornments that we put. I'm curious about how you approach that work with clients and how do you approach it in a way that reassures them that they are beautiful as they are and not put all the attention on the physical form? That's a very good question because it is one that obviously with each client, that's the platform we're dealing with dressing their body. So a lot and a lot can come up from that. Something that I, I, not always, but almost every new client, I will always say, if we aren't in tears or if we don't have goosebumps in the first 30 minutes, I'm not doing my job. Because the reason sometimes I throw it out there, I can tell if I'm going to be working with a client that may be very, maybe afraid to share 
with me. So if I say that and get it out there, it almost lets their guard down. They're like, oh, okay, this is a safe place. I, I can, I can actually speak my truth. This is great. So I kind of set the stage and then it, you know, it's, it's a matter of shedding the layers that again, those unspoken uh, or, or spoken untruths really, and then establishing new beliefs. But I also like to remind them they're probably not really new. They were just hiding or blocked or being suppressed. So when we can get through some of the inner stuff to then talk about how to dress their body. And I love pointing out to a woman, and this is, we all do this, right? We all have our body parts <laughs> that, we, we, that we're not big, our, our biggest fans, right? So we're like, mm, I have a big butt or I don't like my legs or whatever that is, right? Insert body part. I love it when I get to show a woman, I'm like, oh my God, you have beautiful legs. Look at this indentation at your knee. Not all women have this. You have it. This is beautiful. We need to make sure that you are in these beautiful dresses that show something that makes you unique and beautiful and confident. And then they see it, but they might not see it if I hadn't pointed it out. And I find that fascinating. I'm like, it's been here all the time. There it is. They're your, they're your knees, you know, or I, I will laugh and say, I've got some pillows on the side of my knees and I still wear short dresses, but look at you. Like you've got this amazing feature and, and then the next client, it could be these amazing shoulders or what have you. I will always ask a client, what's your favorite figure asset? And most of the time they have a hard time telling me what that is, but all of the time we get to what they do love about their body. That's very important. And the reason I tell them, I ask that question is because I want to bring beauty to that area that they feel the best about. And I want to make sure they're wearing clothes that showcase that. So if it's their decollete or if it's their waist, I'm going to be very mindful of specific things I can do to help them dress in an empowering way. And again, when you're empowered, it kind of goes hand in hand with that confidence. And then they feel giddy and frisky. It's kind of a weird combination, but there's something that happens to them in, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call it personality, but it's, it's, they're finding their groove simply because of the way we are now dressing their body. I take them through um, identifying their personal style. So it's got to support their personal style, but then they begin to own it and they call back all that confidence that they once had. Because I like to say that you've always had it. It's in there. We're just pulling it out, bringing it to the forefront. So I hope that answered. Yeah, no, that was, that was a tremendous, tremendous answer. And I'm actually just thinking, is it typically people work with you typically for a new phase of life? Or is there usually a catalyst that prompts them to reach out to you? I'll start with the catalyst can be very different for each person, but the common denominator being they're ready for growth. They are in a growth mode and they want freedom. Like those two things are always, always, always the foundation of it. I would say phase of life. I would say no. Like when you look at my clients and the ages, I can have a 20 year old and a 75 year old. I can have a 35 year old and a 45 year old. I can have a 56 year old and a 62 year old. 
it's all over. I don't even think it's phase of life. I think it's where they are on their journey of growth. I think, and I never thought about that until you asked me that. Because, no, like it literally is different every day. But if they aren't ready to grow and they aren't ready to experience freedom, they're not calling me. Yeah. Well, so the beautiful thing about that, you just, you just kind of reinforced what I was going to say is you don't have to wait for a catalyst or for an occasion and you can do it for yourself now. I mean, so many times we're just, we're waiting. We're waiting for the vacation time, the bonus, the kids to graduate, whatever, whatever. And it's, it's kind of a case of, well, I'll do this thing for myself when this other thing happens. And the beautiful thing is you can have it now and you don't have to wait and you just start and you just start with what you have in your closet and you take small steps to come back to yourself. 100% agree. All right, Catherine. So we've reached the part where I'm going to ask you three questions and you can just tell me the first answer that comes to mind. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. What is your favorite go-to accessory for every woman? Shoes. <laughs> Shoes. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to make mascara at that point. Well, but I will say even the woman who does not like to have a long routine in the morning, I will always say a swipe of mascara and lip lip balm even tinted lip balm and then putting your clothes on versus workout clothes that's a five minute situation where you go out the door and you're like i feel good i look good awesome ready to rock it but yeah shoes yeah i think it's shoes okay you want most what do i want most for myself yes. oh gosh oh gosh okay lisa that's a hard one <laughs> <laughs> What do I want most for myself? I think I'm going to take this back to work. And so I don't mean this to be a cop out, but I want my footprint because I look at me as I am my own personal brand that extends into the world, right? I want that to be love and inspiration. So what I want is to make sure I leave these little imprints along the way that inspire others. And that leads me into my third question, which is what are you most proud of right now? Oh gosh. Can I have two? Can I have two answers for that? Yes. <laughs> so I'm most proud of this beautiful family that my husband and I have created. I'm so proud, which is going to make me teary. Sorry. But I'm secondly most proud of the growth, my own growth in my life and being able to look back and being proud of every moment along the way, whether it was pretty or ugly. Like I'm so proud to be where I am today because it's, it's both self and others. It is loving myself so that I can love others. And I've always had a very easy time loving others. Always, 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 always. It was the loving myself. And that's a journey. It's why I do what I do. That was beautiful. Catherine, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Thank you for sharing your heart. Thank you for being you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. This was truly an amazing experience. So I appreciate you, Lisa.
And that brings us to the end of another episode. I love to hear your thoughts and takeaways on these episodes, so let's keep the conversation going. Have a question you want me to answer on the pod? Drop me a line on Instagram. I'm at The Golden Brand Co. And then head on over to the website, thegoldenbrand.com, to learn how we can work together and to download our free and popular Ultimate Guide to Mood Board Mastery. Until next time, my friend, with love and lots of moxie, Lisa. Lisa.